BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And today I've actually dragged my friend in who um, I've been doing some work with. And so welcome, Paulina. I'm going to ask Paulina to say her own name because I can't pronounce it. As you all know, I'm rubbish with names. So please tell everyone who you are and what you do. Hi, everyone. Caroline, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and I'm sure it's going to be fun. My name is Apolinaria Bakanova, but of course, everyone calls me Paulina, which is which is much shorter. And I'm original director of Jacob & Co., which is a watch and jewelry brand for region of Middle East, India, Russia, and Eastern Europe. I actually work with them out here and they do really cool jewelry girls. Just so you know, like for all the big rap stars and Madonna and all the big famous people anyway, and now me. Anyway, what attracted me to Paulina's story is that she is divorced. We got talking on one of the shoots and she's divorced. Not only is she divorced twice, but she's managed to stay best friends with her ex-husbands, which, you know, I think, I think it's really nice to hear a story other than mine of normal women. And actually, uh, Paulina, you're, you're Russian. Yes, right? originally I'm Russian. And I think, you know, a lot of people have sort of, I don't know, like it's like saying all oh, footballers are terrible people. I think they think that Russian women sort of eat men for a living. Yes, perception. It's perception. pretty much true. Exactly. So it, it's really nice to meet somebody who is relatively normal in a normal life, who has chosen, Paulina chose her friendships with her ex-husband's rather than, you know, taking money and she has an amazing career for herself. And I think that's one of the biggest, biggest questions I have all the time is about finances, 
you know, not being able to leave your husband, maintaining a relationship with your husband, and you've kind of managed to do all of that, Paulina, on your own. So if you take me back, so you got married and uh, were you married to very rich men? They were okay. They were feeling pretty well. I cannot say that, you know, they were millionaires or billionaires, but they obviously had money. They were earning good money. The first one was a businessman with his own business. Another one was one of the top managers. So yes, like they had a pretty good life and I had a good life with them. Were you a housewife or you started your career afterwards? Actually, I started my career before. I started to work when I was 17. I went to university when I was 15, which is quite unique for any country and for Russia as well. But I was somehow, I don't know, my, my parents thought that I'm so smart that I'm over school. I have to go to university. And I was the youngest student in the university. So at 15, I was already a student and 17, I wanted to try and practice my knowledge and I went to university. So by the time I met my first husband, when I was 22, I was already head of marketing for the Marriott, for the rep office for the whole Russia and CS region. So that's why I started my career much before I even started really to date someone or getting married my first time. From where you grew up and where you're from, was it commonplace for the women to work or was it more to be a housewife? I would say it depends. In culture of my family, I mean, my mother, uh, she was always working, despite we always lived well. But her perception, and this is also how, how I feel, that it doesn't matter where your family is from, do you have money or not, does your father has the money, you have to take care of yourself. You have to develop yourself. You have to be able to earn your own money, to be totally independent, to make independent choices and to really do what you want in life and not to be with someone because you have to or somewhere because you have to, but because this is really what you wish. And then obviously you did get married and obviously you made, did you make the choice to leave your first marriage? I would say one of the unique things was that it was pretty much neutral in first marriage and second one. In first marriage, it was more my decision. In second one, actually, too, it was always like my word was the last one. But in first marriage, my husband really didn't want to let me go. But we managed to talk things through like grown up people. And at that time, you know, they were not even the therapist that, for example, now when people are going through divorce, they sometimes go into the therapist, they sometimes going together to the therapist and they come up to the decision. Nothing like this. It was just something that we talked through. Just the marriage didn't work. We obviously had different expectations from life and from where we stand and how we want to manage and handle everything. I think that's another big, big thing for people that, you know, it's the starting of the conversation, right? Especially if only one person wants to get divorced and the other one wants to make it work. How did you start that first conversation with your ex-husband? I would say that I really wanted to have this conversation, but I was waiting for the right moment, as they say. Is and there ever a right moment? In that period, there was a right moment. And you will understand why we had a very big fight. And we really didn't fight with him. You know, we were always like very nice to each other. We never raised the voice. But we had a fight, which was not about the small thing, but about the big thing. It was actually when I was launching Fendi as a brand and I used to work in LVMH. That was the day that I was preparing the whole year, the, the launch of the product. And I had to leave and it was exactly his birthday. So that was just bad coincidence that the day of the launch was exactly the day of his birthday. And we always stay together for his birthday. And he was a bit irritated already at that point, you know, because of my career and my trips. But that was just the last thing. And we talked and we decided that probably we need to be apart for some time to really think things through because we have different expectations. He wanted me to stay at home, attached to him. And I don't know, to have children. 
yes, to continue working, but not at the path that I wanted to. And my career was going up. I was still taking care of him and the house. I was a very good wife, but I could not just be always at home and depend on his mood or on the day or on the calendar. So that's why we obviously were at the different paths of our life. I didn't want to have children right away. Like in six months after the marriage, I wanted to still take my time to continue building my career. At the same time, I was giving everything I could to this marriage, but it was just different expectations. He expected and he needed something else at that time. I think the hardest thing is to initiate that conversation and there is never a right time. And I think you're right. I mean, mine was very similar. Not that, you know, we had, we never really argued either. We were always sort of just, we'd skirt around the issue. And I also used to think worse than arguing was something is indifference. Yes. We got to indifference, I think, which means you can live quite well together because you don't really give a shit. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But the question is always, do you really want to? This is how you want to live your life, to be with someone that you don't really care about anymore. No, I know. But it's very hard when you've been, you know, you have to sort of reconcile indifference with, you know, look, we've been together nearly 20 years. I was with my ex-husband 18 years. You know, I had to reconcile with, you know, is movie love the love you're going to get? Or is this really, am I giving up something that's pretty good? you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely. For the hope that I'm going to be, you know, in Scarlett O'Hara in a, in a movie, you know, which a lot of people don't get. And as it happens, I'm now Scarlett O'Hara in a movie. (laughs) Which is amazing. And you are totally right. I was also thinking, and that was one of the things which came first to my mind when one of my closest friends, she got divorced. And I told her, you know, the most amazing part about this whole thing is that now you have a hope. You have a hope that one day you will fall in love, that you will be very happy and you would never, of course you would look back. I mean, you have to respect your past, but still now you have a hope that this miracle, you know, this, this butterflies and this happiness is going to come to your life because when you live in the relationship with no hope, because I don't believe that like, you know, in 20, 25 years, all of a sudden you have a goosebumps and, and the, you have a butterflies in your stomach when you see your husband's. It really doesn't work this way. And now she had a hope. I had a hope and I wanted, that's why I fight it. I wanted to be happy and I wanted to have that hope that uh, one day I will be happy. I would feel how I felt maybe the beginning of relationship or differently, but I would be happy. Well, that's the other thing, because I think, you know, happiness and these kind of things are temporary, right? So then, you know, what I have rewritten in my relationship or decided to, I think is I'm so much more communicative, you know, like with him. I really talk to Sergio about everything, you know, but I think his age means he's much more approachable. Exactly. You know, I think I used to get scared of like saying something stupid or talking about the wrong thing or, you know, I'm very lighthearted. I like to, you know, I have a giggle about ridiculous stuff. You know, I still like to laugh about bathrooms and farts, you know, and And you have to stay yourself Yes, and you have to really track it deep inside of you and say, is it me in this relationship? The woman that I see, is it really me? Yeah. Do I really like her? 
or it's just someone who is playing the role of the good wife? Yes, it's a role. And I noticed myself playing a role because I was a completely different human when I went out to dinner with my friends, you know, be it right or wrong, but there is no right or wrong. Why should I? Yes, I'm 45. And I do know that I get a lot of this on my Instagram. Like, you know, I do know I'm running around town with a 27 year old guy. I do know that I dress like much younger than my age. And I do know I'm doing cartwheels. But at the end of the day, are you happy at the yes. end of the day? Exactly. And that, that's, that's the main question. I'm having a blast. Like I've got plenty of years to be old. Absolutely. Plenty. And it doesn't have to be that, you know, the older woman, they're not happy or they're not having fun. It, it's not connected with age. It's just a perception. I don't know. They kind of old my thinking that, you know, when you're older, a certain age, you cannot have fun anymore. You cannot have, I don't know, amazing relationship with a guy. It doesn't matter which age, young or older. And you're actually totally right about Sergio being more approachable. The younger generation, they already, I think, are born with a kind of a different gene. They talk, they talk to each other, they talk to you, and they're open for this. They're open for conversation. They don't see the conversation coming as something bad, as a criticism. They, they're ready to talk things through. Oh my God, you just hit the nail on the head. When I used to talk or when you talk to an older man, you say something and it's automatically their back goes up. It's Absolutely. like, you, it's a criticism and they can't take it. And it's not a criticism, you know, it's telling someone what you need or what you want. It's not saying that everything you've done before is shit. It's just saying, you know, you need different things now. Funnily enough, when, when I was in my 20s and living in New York, I was dressed in polo Ralph Lauren and I had this, I was dating a banker and I was living in a loft in New York and I was so grown up, covered in Hermes. Literally, I looked like I'd run through the Hermes store with super glue on me. And <laughs> It's so funny. Like now I just, I'm so different now. Like now I wear color and I'm like, you know, I dress like I'm a teenage girl most of the time. And it's so much fun. And let me tell you, people are celebrating it. I've never been more successful than I am today, you know, with brands and people wanting us. Like Sergio and I go everywhere. We're recognized everywhere now. Because I think what you said, we bring people hope. You know, every single day we get so much love from all of you out there and just on the street and people just going, oh God, you know, love you guys together. I mean, poor Sergio, he's no way he can have an affair. Everywhere he <laughs> no goes, way. he's like, where's Caroline? <laughs> but the most important thing that he doesn't want to because he's happy as well. No, he does not. He doesn't even look. Exactly. I look more than Sergio does. <laughs> he's like, all right, calm down. Um, but, you know, and that's that's what's so amazing. And I actually can say that with you know, real, you know, conviction. I know he's not looking, you know, I, he really doesn't. You can tell when a guy's on the prowl. You, you, can. you can tell and you can feel if the person next to you is happy, how, the way how he looks in your eyes, how he's engaged in these conversations, even when sometimes you talk about unpleasant thing. But at the end of the day, when you say something, it's exactly, you're right. It's not criticism. It's the way you feel. I'm a human person. If I feel hurt or I feel that something doesn't work, that something makes me unhappy, I have to speak up. If I don't talk about this, then how the other person next to me has to understand everything. They don't have a reading machine. Men and women, they're different in general, but there is also like an age difference, time difference, background difference. So no one was, was built and, and born for someone else particular. So without talking and being open to really discuss everything, you can't get somewhere and you cannot be happy and calm and, and cry and, and laugh at the same time with this person. 
Let's take a little break from the show and discuss big, beautiful, effortless waves just in time for back to school. Who doesn't want fabulous hair? And let's face it, my hair has been the same style for the last sort of 45 years. So this has been a godsend. The Con Air double ceramic waver is designed with not just one, but three barrels for deep, continuous waves. Plus the double ceramic technology provides even and consistent heat, fast styling and long-lasting waves. With instant heat up, 30 heat settings for every hair type and turbo heat boost for those difficult to style spots, it really is, girls, so easy to get the waves you crave. It has never been easier. The wide range of heat options let you customize styling for flawless results so you can be back to school with beautiful, full, flowing waves. Now so quick and easy to create at home. You'll always be selfie ready on campus and off. Skip the salon, save time, big, beautiful waves at home. No salon appointment needed. What is not to love? Get your waiver delivered to your door just in time for back to school. Ordering this back to school essential for beautiful bombshell waves is so easy. Just go to conair.com and search waiver. Let's get back to the show. Sergio can make me cry, but he can make me like howl with laughter two minutes later, like howl. And generally we howl with laughter all the time. And that's enough for me. It's so funny because also it really works with my work. And I'll tell you why we've become more successful as a couple too. And why not only does the happiness shine through and I think it attracts people, but brands are doing what we're doing. Brands have come down from being this sort of uptight traditional way of thinking. You know, if you look at all the brands I work with from, you know, Accor to Jacob, like Jacob, there's many, many, you can sort of stiff diamond brands. Okay. And then you have someone like Jacobs, who's is crazy, fun, handcuffs, lips, you know, the world is going a different way. You know, we were talking today in the hotels, people don't, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a lot of money, they're still coming to the hotels and sitting in a cigar bar in shorts. And it's like, you've got crypto money and you've got young guys and the young guys are coming up. Money's coming from all different places. And it was, you know, so many different businesses where you've got young entrepreneurs who are forward thinking and people, you know, I think relationships have changed. And, you know, the way I was brought up, I would never have had a Sergio, never, but thank God I broke out of my own shackles. And I think the biggest thing you can do for yourself is learn to talk to your partner or just understand, like, as I said, having been through a relationship where I had a parent teacher relationship for so many years, it's so refreshing to open my mouth and not feel, fuck, did I just say the wrong thing? Yes. And just be the one who you are and who you really are. And really like, I would only advise all the women to start talking to themselves first, to acknowledge what they want, what makes them happy and acknowledge who they are instead of trying to be convenient for someone or comfortable for someone just to make other person happy and then think that, okay, that's going to make me happy as well. I just have to follow the rules. There are no rules. Just listen to yourself and then talk with your partner. Talk, talk things through. Everything comes with like with experience and be happy. And for everyone, the happiness is totally different. And nowadays, exactly, the things have changed, even for the brands. And I can speak from the brand. We don't want to stiff, you know, images anymore. Like, you know, posing, which is not part of your life. And I think you're doing this amazingly with Sergio. It's everything that you do is a part of your lifestyle. This is how you live. 
and you know you're having fun you don't think if it's going to be too much or not too much it's the way you like it you know you're living the life and you let other people to to see it which is great because you you're totally right it gives a hope it gives a feeling that you know you can also have a good day a bad day you can travel or you can be in your city for the month that nothing changes as long as you smile i think covid has taught us a lot too in that live for a moment because you actually don't know what the next one's going to be. And I think if it's done anything, it's taught us, you know, grab the moment, stop thinking about what you should have and take what you can have. Because also I think and what I want, I hope Sergio and I are teaching us as well is like Sergio on paper is not the right person for me in so many ways, you know, too young, he's not established in life. You know, all of these things were on different, you know, I, could I have children? Can he with me? All of these things. If you wrote it down on paper, he would be the one that you went, uh, it's ridiculous, but actually it's working. It's really working. I hope. And I think that's what we are doing for people is teaching you to sort of break out of your shackles, look a little bit differently. And I think that's what you've said. So Let's go back to your story, because once you had that conversation, that difficult conversation, because that's I think this is the, the, the bit that stops people and, you know, looking for the right time. You're right. I, I blew up with my ex-husband, too. We blew up. We had an almighty row. And that's when it actually came out. But it was like ripping a Band-Aid that just needed to come off. And actually, I'm I'm now in a very good spot with my ex-husband, like very, very, very happy with where we are. We don't hang out all the time. We don't need to. He's had dinner with Sergio. He talks to me every single day, every day about the children. And we're in a very, very good place. I borrow his driver on weekends. You know, we're in a really good place. He lives next door, for God's sake. So no matter what people would like to think, we are in a great place. Now, I did what you did. I took what he was prepared to give me. I didn't ask for a penny more or penny less. I just left it. Whatever it was, it was, you know, but he was more than generous too, you know, with what he had. So that was, you know, it's fair. He is a fair man. He didn't want to see me on the street or doing badly either. You know, I'm the mother of his children. Now you are not the mother. You don't, you're yes, not a mother, no, right? No, no, no. We, we don't have to. I don't have children and I didn't have children with any of my husband. So you decided to take nothing. Yes. But you were together how long? First marriage was uh, three years. Uh, another marriage was uh, five officially. I mean, six. So why nothing? So first time we were married with a traditional religious marriage. We didn't have any paperwork. I felt that I don't need it. And then he was changing his last name. So we were waiting for that. And if I would ask, would have asked for something, I'm sure he would have given me. But there was nothing really to, to share. You know, we haven't bought any properties together. And I was always working. I always had the place to live. And I was always taking care of myself and he knew that I would. And I even wanted to, you know, give back something that he gifted me. But then he said that it's even embarrassing to hear it. So it's again, it's about fairness, you know, and same for my second marriage. We we were married on paper and he was German and we had even like the apartment that he bought at the beginning of the marriage. So I could really ask and especially by German law, I could ask a lot because I had to leave my country to follow him with his career. I was always working. I was I was lucky. But again, I knew that he bought this apartment was not that easy for him, even though it's a beautiful, beautiful apartment. And I was not participating at the time when he was earning money for this. And again, it was for me about fairness. Do I have to the place to live? Yes. Did I get something out of this marriage? Yes. Amazing experience. I used to live in Munich, in New York, thanks to him. We were traveling and I was honestly very happy. All those 
five and a half years. And even six months after we decided to divorce, we still lived together in one apartment, but we were waiting for his move from New York and my move from New York to Dubai because of the job. And we were still communicating. The same here. I'm not best friends with, with both of them, but we talk. We're still in touch. And Which is amazing because you don't have children to tie you. Yes, you don't need yes, to be. Yes, exactly. We don't really have a reason to hang out to be best friends because there is no reason. Nothing is really connecting us anymore. But still, like, we stayed in a very normal, good relationship. We were not going through ugly divorce, through all this negativity around, you know, through friends who were taking one side or another side. I just wanted to be fair. And if, of course, if we had the children, I would have expect them, you know, to behave differently. And that's a different story. I think a lot of women go, like, how do you go from, obviously, when you lived with him, did he pay for everything? Yes. Okay, so how do you make the leap from pay, having someone pay for everything, taking nothing, and then take the next step to get the apartment, to get, the, you know, know that you can cover all your bills? Because I think that's what people super worry about, is how am I going to do it on my own? How did you do that? Again, because I had my career, I had my, my job. And did you I was, have savings? No, Russians, unfortunately, don't have savings. <laughs> but I was always sure that, you know, when tomorrow comes, even if not this job, there will be another job. I will take care of myself. All my experience, all my work, like years of work, I know that it all went to me and I will find a way to work and be happy and live almost the same life and this, the same level and quality of life. I mean, obviously, if something would go wrong, I always had, uh, you know, my, my back, my parents, and I always had the place to live. But I knew that I'm working. I knew that I'm independent. I knew that for me, it's more important to save the good relationship. And when we were breaking up and divorcing, we were still talking and we were normal people. We were thanking each other for all the years we've been before together and for all the good things that each of us got from this marriage. And it doesn't have to be car or apartment or, or something else. And even after the first divorce, I mean, second one happened a year ago, I was still confident that I did the right thing. Again, it's about fairness. And I knew that this is fair because I knew where they stand, how they earn and how much effort they put into everything that they got. And I wanted to be fair towards them as I'm fair towards myself, that I can look in the mirror and even without the apartment from my ex-husband, I'm a happy person, but I'm independent and I'm working and I'm taking care of myself and I'm happy. And never even once I thought looking back that I did, I did it wrong, that I should have taken money or I should have asked for money. I'm happy with my choice. I think it's such an amazing, amazing lesson to give women because, you know, you're teaching them value in themselves that, you know, I don't like women treating men as a, you know, as a ladder. They go into it, they find a guy with money and they come out with a couple of million. I don't get that. Like if I was a man, I, I wouldn't marry. Like I think it takes the joy and love out of love because exactly. it's like, you know, what could go wrong, you know? And I think that it's so sad that, you know, like I know if I marry Sergio now, like I want to do it in such a light, lovely way, right? I mean, we're talking about it. I'd like to have, I mean, obviously we'll both have prenups and I, having been in an 18 year marriage, other than that, I wouldn't, I don't particularly need to get married again, but you know, he does. And I think prenups and just taking the sort of, because you, you do start off best friends and things do change, you know, they just do. 
for whatever reason, I always say to Sergio, no, he's in his 20s. When you're really in your 20s, you don't really know who you are. In like another 10, 15 years, he may not feel the same way. And that's all right. He's young enough to start a whole new life. So, you know, being able to have that security in a way of going, okay, this is for me like a beautiful party, right? That everyone comes to, but, you know, I'm also prepared either way that I am going to continue. As I said, you know, as it happens, Sergio and I are killing it as a brand right now because people love what we stand for. And I actually hope that this also shows you what we stand for, which is why I liked your story so much, is that, you know, it stands for independence, even within the relationship. You know, I don't want a codependent relationship. I don't want him to ask him permission to do stuff and vice versa. Do we want to build a brand together? Yes, absolutely. That doesn't mean that you're not planning your future together. It means that you both know how to survive on your own if need be, which means you have a, you get a much better relationship. No, absolutely. And, you know, regarding the prenups, I think what is also important for the women to realize that it's prenup is not something that stands out for man's interest. It's also for the woman's interest. I mean, one day, I don't know, will you have a children or you will not have a children, but you will feel secured exactly as you said, that when... If, I don't know, this relationship would be over one day, you will feel comfortable and secured that you don't even need to get engaged into the ugly conversations or ask for something. Because the prenup also watches the woman's interest. And most of the time, it's a fair deal at the beginning. And you're totally right. I mean, sometimes love passes away. People take different paths. They can fall in love with someone else at the same time when they're still in marriage. But at least both of them, they know that if it's over they're both would feel comfortable. And especially for women when they have children, I, I think that prenup is, is vital because it doesn't matter which country you live. If man wants to be unfair towards you, he would be. And he would be taking his time with the lawyers and everything not to give you anything. But I think that women, they have a bit different perception, at least from my experience, when it comes to prenup. They, they feel offended and they feel bad if men's, men want to initiate something like this. Again, it's a conversation that, both people should have when they're entering the marriage. But even if they enter a relationship, it's as normal as we discuss, for example, like, you know, anyone who's dating, they discuss, okay, my reaction to the, if you get affair with someone or you fell in love with someone or you cheat on me, my reaction will be this and that. If you want to say, how do you expect other person to really understand how you feel about that? Because women are different. Some of them, they can forgive once or they can, you know, be forgiving forever and for some women, that's that's a principle. But if you will not give a heads up, if you will not tell your partner, this is how I feel, if you would ever want to do this, this that, that would be the outcome. And I think it's fair because you to talk to each other. I also think that you're right. The prenup has been given such a sort of, I mean, I had girlfriends that had a prenup sprung on them literally six hours before a wedding. Sign here or the wedding's not happening. Now that I think is disgusting. That I think is unfair. And that for me would kill every ounce I had of love for the person stood in front of me. And prenups have this sort of terrible connotation of like, I don't trust you, so this is what I'm going to do. And it shouldn't be that way. It should be like, if I have that conversation or when Sergio and I have that conversation, which is like, you know, he worked hard to get where he is. I actually have three children and I have more than him right now, obviously. He's 27. So, you know, I want him to have what he came in with and not give me a penny. And I want to have what I had without giving him a penny. I don't think that's unreasonable or bizarre. 
Now, if our brand as a whole takes off, then that's, you know, another story. You know, obviously that's stuff to do together. But other than that, we walk away and nobody gets hurt that that way. You know, when he's working and earning his money, he can then afford to go off and have a lovely life afterwards for whatever reason, if it doesn't work out and vice versa. I'm not taking my inher- the, my children's inheritance out of their, you know, bank accounts and giving it to my boyfriend that I, you know, met two years ago. No, no one's getting it. And that's that. I work, you know, 24 hours a day at the moment. I work harder than I've ever worked in my life to try and rebuild stuff that maybe I lost along the way. And nobody's taking that from me. I don't care who it is. And that's not to say I don't love the person. It's just a conversation that is, I'm I'm very frank. This is it. And and I I think clarity gives you confidence and peace in a way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's about the fairness and about two people having an honest conversation and knowing that you're getting into this marriage or relationship with something that you really worked hard and you're getting out with quite the same. Unless, as you said, exactly, you have a business that you did together or you put effort into something together, then it's another story. Then then, then it's another Or another he made case. you be a housewife, you know, like give up everything and be a housewife. Then I understand you're in a very different position. And obviously, you know, it's very difficult. And, and I get this one all the time too, like housewives that have been out of work for like 30, 20 years or 15 years, and then they all want to come back to work, but they want, you know, it's so hard. I mean, you know, my my honest opinion is don't give up work. Don't ever give up work. I don't know. You have to have some sort of, guarantee that you're going to have a roof over your head or some sort of, it's very difficult because in a way you're like saying you want a salary and you deserve a salary because actually looking after children and staying at home is much harder than going to the office. Exactly. But it bloody kills the relationship too. Cause you know, the guy feels like he's given you a salary. You're on the payroll. Very difficult, difficult, difficult decision to make. But still, I think they should not give up. I mean, every woman, especially those women who have children, they feel like twice more responsibility in front of themselves and their children as well. Nowadays, we're living in the digital world. They can still get, I don't know, another education. They can still try to build something for their own, even sitting at home. I have a lot of friends who are from a very traditional families. In the families that the woman, they don't allow to work. But they started to create their own brands or online shop or something sitting at home and still taking care of the husband and uh, of the children. They still started to do something or, or they studying, they're taking another education to learn something new, which would be really relevant in a few years if something happened. Women, they have to really understand that they need to be able, at least to be able to take care of themselves. And of course, never give up work job also because it's a self-development because the woman who works she's developing herself she's relevant she's even relevant for her husband because she can i don't know support any conversation because she knows what's going on in the world of business or whatever industry she's working for and every day is different every day is different for you it's exciting there's you know there's there's no monotony there's no like oh god i'm doing this again you said earlier that you know because I said that many women have the fear, maybe you have a lifestyle, but your job isn't going to produce the same lifestyle, right? Straight away. And it's true. Like I was like, I looked at houses smaller than this house and I looked at, you know, one bedroom apartments and I looked at everything. And then I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. It's funny. If you put the, the worst case scenario into your head and the worst case scenario for you was going home, 
And the worst case for scenario for me was the one bedroom, two bedroom apartment or whatever with all my kids, right? Still didn't look that bad because I love my furniture. I knew it would look gorgeous. And I was free. Then I was like, okay. Then I looked and I got an accountant, a professional accountant, which I'm terrible with money. I didn't know how to do it. And I was like, can I afford this? Yes. Can I afford this? Yes. Now, then I was like, okay, well, you know, I can afford this, but if one of my jobs goes, I'm fucked. But actually none of them went. And actually, as I began paying for things, more came. And actually, then I got the car of my dreams. I got the house of my dreams. Then I got like, you know, all the things I needed of my dreams. And it just, I kept paying for it and it kept coming. So, you know, I think that that's, you know, really exactly what you said. You manifest it, you know it, and it comes because you got rid of the fear in your, the back of your head, something that's telling you can't do it. But actually just by putting one foot in front of your, you, you're doing it every bloody day. You're doing it. Exactly. And, and it's actually a very smart move to think of the worst case scenario in your head. It's because, never that bad. Yes. It's never that bad. And just go that deep, like go down in your like worst dreams. Okay. What can happen with me if I'm divorced and I have no money and nothing, it will always be not as bad as you think initially without going deep into details, like, like really start living at this moment. It's also, you know, even for making the decision, it's, it's working amazingly well. You always think of the worst case scenario. Okay. The worst case scenario is really bad. Can you handle this? Like, w- would you still leave? Yes. Then, then go ahead because it's always better than living daily and being every day in the relationship that you are unhappy about that you're unhappy about everything in your life. And it doesn't matter, is, is the house very big or very small? It all doesn't matter. It's the way how the person, the woman feels about herself and about her life. Is she happy? Is she smiling? I don't, I'm not saying that, and you're totally right, that happiness is something permanent. No, but still, like, are you in general happy with your life? Is this really what, whom you want to be and what you want to do daily? Or there is another version of you, maybe in a bit less comfortable living situation, but being happy and being excited about every single project and about every single morning that she meets, even when she's alone. I agree. And I think there you are sat here now, two divorces under your belt, happy as pie, designer clothed up all on your own, running a huge brand, one of many brands that you've run, pretty much being a girl boss and loving it. I mean, you're, you know, would you like a relationship? Yes. Yes. But is that the main focus of your life? No, no, no. And that's exactly where I was. And when you get that girls, that is when things begin to happen for you. It really is. I can't tell you, you know, if you can just drive yourself forward, amazing things start happening when you take those sort of leaps of faith, I think. And that's where I want to leave this, this podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you. It was such a pleasure to have this, like, you know, very deep conversation with you because it's always interesting also, you know, from the other side, how other women really think about the divorce and everything. And I'm so happy that everything in my head is really everything that you said. I, I feel the same and I think the same. And it just gives me the comfort of me being on the right path. So thank you so much. thousand percent. You've had two divorces and you're friends with two of them. That is a pretty incredible pat on the back to you because, you know, most people can't handle that. That shows that you are a shrewd, you know, self-assured, confident woman who knows who did it the right way. And that's what, you know, I think if any of us can teach you girls, it doesn't need to be a massive fight. It shouldn't be a massive fight. It should be a shake of the hand. We've had a, we had a good, 
ride. So thank you all for listening and I hope that helped all of you out there. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 